Welcome to the Counter Narrative Podcast, a show designed to change the way we talk and think about education. By sharing stories of successes and triumphs, we aim to challenge the dominant narrative that often negatively portrays our disenfranchised populations. I'm your host, Charles Williams, an educator for 15 years, a current school principal in Chicago, and an educational consultant. Let's get started. This episode is a pause to ponder segment. These bi-weekly sessions will allow me to share with you my personal thoughts and reflections on a wide spectrum of topics as they relate to education. It is my hope that you will be able to take something from these segments and apply it in a meaningful way as you continue to do amazing work. Remember, while we all have different roles, we all have a single job, educating our students. We all know that there exists discrepancies between various groups when it comes to academic performance. And while we would love to ultimately reduce those gaps as much as possible, the reality is that there will always exist a disparity between groups. Those gaps currently, however, are at the center of many educational conversations and debates. The gaps are so prominent that they have even been given a name which has become part of our academic vernacular, the achievement gap. Now, I'll be honest. I've been struggling with this term for the past few years, and if you allow me, I will walk you through my thoughts. To begin, I understand the value that can come out of examining the achievement gap. It provides definitive proof that our black and brown students, both males and females, are not performing at the same level as their white and Asian peers. This information is therefore useful when we determine where funds and resources need to be allocated as we attempt to minimize the difference between these groups. After all, the true purpose of education is to ensure that all of our students are being successful. If we ignored these disparities, we would operate under the false notion that all was well, and we know that this is definitively not the case. Despite this, I have three major concerns with the achievement gap. The first, and one that I will not spend a considerable amount of time discussing, is the historical context of these two groups. We know that black and brown students have experienced centuries of discrimination and oppression, and that a primary tool in doing so was preventing access to a high-quality education. We know that it was a crime for slaves to learn how to read, and when schools became an option, they were segregated and received subpar, if any, funding and resources, something that is still present today. It is unfair, then, to compare two groups when one has had the privilege of receiving and having access to education far longer than another. Would we compare a tree planted 400 years after another, then consistently describe it in terms that it was lacking or deficient? No. We would point out that it had yet to reach the same level of maturity as its neighbor. 
Why then do we pretend as if the historical context of these groups is irrelevant? Why then do we objectively create a time frame, one that is considerably shorter within our black and brown students should catch up? The next is that we are constantly comparing our black and brown students to their white counterparts. In doing so, we are suggesting, <laughs> no, we are declaring that their performance is the standard to which all other groups should aspire to achieve. To be honest, this is not a surprise when we consider that the term originated in 1963, a pivotal year of the civil rights movement, a year that witnessed the March on Washington, the Children's Crusade, the bombing of the 16th Street Baptist Church, Kennedy's civil rights speech, and, and so much more. It, it is not surprising then that a tool should be used as evidence of the academic outcomes resulting from generations of systemic oppression would be corrupted and used as a means to further marginalize these same groups of students. You don't believe me? Conversations around the achievement gap consistently point out that white students are consistently outperforming their black and brown peers. And we know this to be true. But this conversation, absent from acknowledging the historical context and thus the advantage that white students have had, is damaging. Imagine consistently being told that your peers are better than you. Imagine consistently seeing that your scores, regardless of how hard you worked, are not as good as your peers. What's interesting, however, is that white students are not the highest performing group of students. When looking at both reading and math scores for grades 4 and 8, according to the National Center for Educational Statistics, Asian students have outperformed their white peers. In fact, the gaps between these two groups have increased and they're on a trajectory to continue widening. Despite this very evident gap, we've never discussed it now that we've compared black or in, in the same way that we've compared black and brown students to their Asian peers. Why? To do so would require us to publicly acknowledge that white students are not performing at the same level as their Asian peers, and thus they would no longer be the standard to which other groups should aspire. Furthermore, white students would become a subgroup, a role that they have never been assigned. Is it possible that groups intentionally avoid these conversations in an attempt to alter the reality of the situation? Is it possible that groups, those who often control and thus dominate the narrative, do not want to lose their self-created status? Now, the final issue that I have is the reluctance to acknowledge the achievements of black, brown, and Asian students in the context of the achievement gap. I want you to consider the following data sets from the National Center for Educational Statistics. For fourth grade math, between 1990 and 2019, black students increased by an average of 36 points, Hispanic students by an average of 31 points, Asian students by an average of 35 points, and white students by an average of 29 points. For eighth grade math, during that same time period, black students increased by an average of 23 points, Hispanic students by an average of 22 points, Asian students by an average of 35 points, and white students by an average of 22 points. For fourth grade reading, 
between 1992 and 2019, black students increased by an average of 12 points, Hispanic students by an average of 12 points, Asian students by an average of 21 points, and white students by an average of 6 points. And for 8th grade reading between that same time frame, black students increased by an average of 7 students, Hispanic students by an average of 11 points, Asian students by an average of 13 points, and white students by an average of five points. Now, I know that was a lot of numbers, but in short, in each of these cases, black, brown, and Asian students have grown more than their white counterparts, with the exception of eighth grade math, in which Hispanic and white students experienced the same amount of growth. Why then do we not celebrate this growth? Why do we not acknowledge the gains of these students? Is it possible that in doing so, we lessen the notion that black and brown students are deficient? Hmm. Now, understand, I don't have an issue with discussing the achievement gap. It is important to acknowledge that we still have work to do in minimizing the academic performance gaps that still exist within our country. What we need to do, however, is also acknowledge the historical context that is responsible for these gaps while also celebrating the consistent gains that our black and brown students are achieving. If we take a holistic look at the achievement gap, we can simultaneously recognize the work that needs to be done while also realizing that, given time and the necessary resources, we will be able to reduce that gap and hopefully address the myriad of issues that stem from inadequate educational opportunities. Until next time. I want to thank you for listening to the Counter Narrative Podcast. If you like what you're hearing, please be sure to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. You can also follow the show on Twitter at the CN Podcast and the host at underscore CW Consulting. Take care.